As I mentioned, we're doing a series that we're calling All In. Last week, Rich talked about being all in with your worship. And if you have not heard that message, let me encourage you, go to the website, click on where it says messages, and uh, then you can pick the drop-down box there, pick his message and listen to it. It's really, if you're away, and I know folks uh, around here travel, you know, a couple, often a couple of Sundays a month, uh, take, take the time, even when you're traveling, go to the website and listen to the uh, messages that you miss and see what else is going on here. It's just a good opportunity to keep up with, uh, with what's going on. So about four and a half years ago, uh, my telephone rang, and fortunately, it turns out, I wasn't there to answer it, and message got left on the machine. And it was a friend of mine who I'd known since uh, college days, and he asked me if I'd consider being the executive pastor, or applying at least, for the executive pastor position at a church up in, as far as I was concerned, Nowheresville, North Jersey. And uh, my initial response was, no way. But fortunately, as I said, it was on the answering machine as opposed to on the telephone, so I had a little time to, to chew on it. And, and Ann and I talked about it a little bit, and she said, look, let's at least check it out and find out a little bit more. And what you have to know is, I had had three different opportunities to be an executive pastor in the past, and I just said no, you know? That's not who I am. That's not what I want to do with my time and my talents and my gifts and my abilities. Um, And there were other issues involved in moving the family all the way up from what I think is the greatest place in New Jersey, if not in the world, Princeton, you know, loved living down there. And somebody has grown on me, and that's, that's good. But I still, I, know, I lived 25 years in Princeton, so I still have a heart for that down there. But, to, you know, to uproot the family and move all the way up here to do what I thought I wasn't going to want to do and wasn't going to enjoy. But I decided to think about it and pray about it. And I got to, you know, I talked with Ann some, met some of the folks up here, spent some time with Rich, uh, asked a ton of questions, had friends down in Princeton giving me advice and praying for me and such. And it really took nine months for us to come to the point where we said, okay, we're going to move up to, to Summit and, and get involved at, at Renaissance. And the turning point for me occurred as I began to understand more and more and more about what God was doing here in Summit and Short Hills and Chatham and, you know, the, the, the whole surrounding area, and, and realizing that I could get to be a part of God's program here, of God's purposes, of the kingdom uh, that he's building here and the things that he's doing and the, the, the way in which he's changing people's lives. And so I was able to make the decision, in a sense, to go all in, to throw in my gifts and talents and abilities and say, okay, God, Looks like you want to use them in that way. It looks like I am suited for that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go all in. And I'm going to go ahead and be the executive pastor up at Renaissance. And as I look back on that decision, I don't regret it for a second. I am so glad that I went through that period of nine months trying to figure it out and praying about it and wrestling with it and then finally going all in with that because it's been just great for me. I think it's been good for my family as well. I hope it's been beneficial to some folks here Um, And I'm just really excited about what God is doing here and the opportunity that I have to be a part of that. And when we're willing, when we're willing to go all in with God, whether it's in our worship or in uh, using our gifts and talents and abilities, is that what we're talking about this morning or the different things that we'll be talking about in the coming weeks? When we're willing to go all in with God, 
some pretty amazing things can happen. God will begin to use us in the lives of those around us, and he can actually use us to make a difference in this world in which we live. We live in a broken world, and it's full of broken, messed up, hurting, and sometimes hurtful people. And God is in the business of restoring us to the way he originally created us to be. He is remaking us to be more and more like himself. And if we're willing to go all in with him, he's going to use us in the lives of one another, in each other's lives, in the lives of the people around us. We get to be part of what he's doing, and that brings some satisfaction. That brings some fulfillment. It brings some joy. It brings some excitement. And, and that was the decision I was able to make, you know, uh, three, four, four and a half years or so ago uh, to, to join what God is doing here at Renaissance. And he's working all over the country in hundreds and thousands uh, of different churches in different places and in different ways. I'm just excited to be part of what he's doing here and uh, glad that God gave me that opportunity. Last week, as I mentioned, Rich talked about going all in with our worship. This week, we're going to talk about going all in with our gifts and talents and abilities. And the passage of the, in the Bible that really jumped out at me as I was thinking about this message was written by a guy named Peter. And Peter was one of the key leaders in the early church, in the first century Christian church. And he wrote two books, two letters in the New Testament, uh, and they are creatively named First Peter and Second Peter. I don't think he was the guy that came up with those names, but that's what has been passed down to us, and that's how we know them. And I want to take a look at uh, just a couple of verses in First uh, Peter chapter 4. Peter writes, "'Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms.'" If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Few things are more frustrating than trying to do something that doesn't fit with who you are, than trying to be a person who you're not made, who you're not wired to be. Think about it. If you're an introvert, when the annual office Christmas party comes around, what's your thought? I'd rather have a cold. I'd rather be homesick. I'd rather have the stomach flu then go to the annual Christmas party. I can learn how to hang out with you know, 30 or 50 or 75 other people. I can learn to make that small talk conversation, but I hate every minute of it. It drains me. It sucks the life out of me if I'm an introvert. You know, if, if, if you're born to be an artist and you want to have your favorite line from work be more than, you want fries with that? I mean, you got to find something else to do because I'm just teasing here. You know, it's tough to make a living as an artist. So most people who were born to be artists are doing something else. You're born to be an artist and you've got to be an accountant. You can do it, but you're going to feel like you're handcuffed to your calculator. 
You know, you're a natural leader. You can force yourself to follow and you can learn how to follow, but you're always going to be kind of sitting there at the back of the pack saying, I want to be up front leading because that's who I was made to be. When I was a chaplain at, uh, at Princeton University, I talked, I don't know how many times, to students who felt like they were in the wrong path going through college, maybe because parents pushed them in that direction or, or whatever it might be. One guy, he was born to be an artist. Unbelievable in terms of the sketching and the drawing that he could do. And, and I was just, I'd never seen somebody with those kind of gifts. And he was also gifted to be a musician. But he was stuck majoring in engineering because you see, he came from another country and in order for him to afford to come to Princeton to pay the tuition there, he had to attach himself to, that comp- to a company back in his home country and they agreed that they'd pay for his tuition, they'd pay, they'd pay for his Princeton education as long as he would major in what they told him to major in and as long as when he graduated, he would work for them doing their work, what they wanted him to do for a certain number of years. And at the time, he thought it was a pretty good deal because jobs were hard to come by in his country. But as he was going through his engineering education, he realized that's not who I am. That's not what I was made to do. And it became increasingly frustrating for him. And while it can be incredibly frustrating to do something that doesn't fit with who you are, if you flip it around, if you get to do what you are made to do, it is so unbelievably fulfilling. You know, when that accountant gets to go home and paint, you know, when the introvert just gets to to be by herself or to be with one or two other close friends and develop those in-depth relationships. Man, it is so fulfilling and so exciting and so, and so satisfying. You need to be who you are. You need to be who you are. That's the first step to going all in with our talents. We need to be who we were created to be. Some of you may have heard of a... Uh, a business speaker and author named Marcus Buckingham. I first uh, ran into him a couple of years ago at a leadership conference I was able to attend, and he was uh, given a lecture on finding your strengths. And uh, that's what he does. That's what he's wired to do. He helps people to discover and develop uh, the strengths that they've been given. And he says, a great quote here, he says, the best strategy for building a competitive organization is to help individuals become more of who they are. If you think about that, if you get to be who you are, you are so much more productive at work or at home or in your relationships, whatever you're doing. The best way to build a competitive organization is to help individuals become more of who they are. And it's also the best way to help individuals to realize their God-given potential and to find fulfillment and satisfaction in what they're doing. So ask yourself, who am I? What am I good at? How am I wired? How has God made me? Who has God made me to be? If you work for a, a, a major corporation or firm, chances are you've probably taken some sort of a personality inventory sometimes or a a giftedness or a talent or an aptitude kind of a test to find out 
where you're good. Maybe you even had to do that in order to get the job as part of the application process. Maybe you did something like that when you were in high school or when you were in college. If you haven't, there's all sorts of, of ways to do that. Uh, Buckingham has a book called Now Discover Your Strengths, kind of leads you through that process, and there's an online test involved in that. You can find all sorts of things. Take the time to figure out who you are. Who has God made you to be? What kind of gifts and talents and abilities has God given you? And then be that person. You know, Be who you are. God has given you a unique set of gifts and talents and abilities, and you need to discover them, you need to develop them, and you need to use them. And that's what it means uh, to be who you are. The second step, beyond being who you are, the second step to going all in in our, in our relationship with God in terms of our gifts and our talents and abilities is to serve others. It's to use the gifts that God has given us to be a benefit to those around us. Peter says in verse 10, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards, as people who have been entrusted with something who are to use it for the benefit of others, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God didn't give us our abilities uh, primarily for our benefit. He gave them to us for the benefit of others to accomplish his purposes in their lives so that we could help other people. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy using our gifts and our talents and our abilities. In fact, when we're serving somebody, if we enjoy it, that actually increases the benefit to the person we're serving. Think about it this way. Imagine if one of your kids decides that they want to shovel your neighbor's sidewalk. Now, for some of you, that would require a very vivid imagination, you know, to think about your kid actually volunteering to do work. Although what's interesting is they're more likely to do work for somebody else than they are for you, right? You know, and that that happens from time to time. Anyway, so imagine the situation. They're willing, you know, they say they want to shovel the the neighbor's driveway or they want to rake their yard or, or something like that. And they go out and do that. When they're finished, the neighbor comes out and says, hey, thank you so much for doing that. Now, imagine if the kid says, hey, it's no big deal. Mom made me do it, you know? What does that do to the neighbor? What does that do? The neighbor, it's kind of like just sucks all of the enjoyment out of it. They're glad that their sidewalk was shoveled, but, you know, they sort of feel guilty about the whole thing, and, it, you know, that, that's the end of that. But if the kid stead, says instead, man, I love doing that. Can I do that every week? I enjoy it. Thanks for letting me do that. What does that do for the neighbor, you know? It gives her so much more enjoyment and so much more pleasure. And my wife, her birthday's coming up in a month or so. If I give her a birthday present and she says, oh, thank you so much. And I say, it's nothing. It's my duty as your husband. <laughs> that isn't going to help. You know, it kind of takes away from the gift. If I, but if I say, you know what? I enjoy giving it probably as much as you enjoy receiving. I love to give you things, you know, thanks, thanks for marrying me 25 years ago. I mean, that's going to increase her joy and the pleasure that she has in receiving that gift. There is not an inherent conflict between the benefit that accrues to the person that we're serving and the joy and satisfaction that we receive when we're serving them. Because if God has wired us, if God has made us this way, and we're doing what God has made us to do, if we're being who God has made us to be, and we're serving others, 
There's joy. There's satisfaction. There's fulfillment in that. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's good. And it increases the benefit to others. Rich mentioned earlier the the Habitat for Humanity opportunity that we have uh, that's coming up. You know, part of Renaissance's mission statement is to express, to live out our faith often in practical ways that can help other people. So whether it's, whether it's through Habitat for Humanity, you know, maybe giving, maybe it's hammering nails when the time comes for that, and we'll let you know when, when that is. Uh, maybe it's shoveling your neighbor's sidewalk. Maybe it's just being a listening ear to your friend whose marriage has fallen apart and she's got nobody else to talk to. You know? I don't know what it means for you, but there are opportunities all around us to serve, to express to live out our faith, to use the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given us. And that's part of what it means uh, to go all in as followers of Christ. But if we stop here, if we stop with being who we are and serving others, both of which are good, which are, which are essential, which are necessary, we're not really yet all in. We're partway in. Lots of people use their talents. Lots of people use their abilities. They know who they are. They know who they're made to be. And they use those talents and abilities to serve others. But for those of us who are followers of Christ, being all in involves taking at least one more step. And that that additional step is saying, God, I want to do this in order to glorify you. I want you to get the credit. I want the focus to be on you. I want to do this for people's benefit. I want to do it because I enjoy it and it's satisfying to be who I am. But I also want to do it ultimately to give you glory and praise and to make people want to know more about the God whom I love and whom I serve and whom I worship. We want to put God at the center of the picture, put him right smack in the middle of the picture so that everything's revolving around him. If you notice, if you take a look on the screen at the passage that that I read earlier, God is at the heart of every sentence in those two verses. First sentence, Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Who have you received it from? Comes up in a second, from God. You have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Our gifts come from God. He's the source of those gifts. In the second sentence, we're supposed to speak the very words of God. So when I'm, when I'm talking with you, I ought to be thinking, how can I be an instrument of God's purposes in your life? How can I build you up? How can I encourage you? That maybe by talking to you about God's love through Jesus' death and resurrection. Uh, It may be just an encouraging word about what God is doing in your life or just listening to what you have to say. But I want to be thinking about the fact that God gave me the ability to speak and he gives me words that can be a blessing to build up rather than to tear down. In the third sentence, God is the one who provides the strength for us to be able to use the gifts that he's given us. Yeah, God gave us the gifts. We work on them, we develop them, we exercise them, but we do it in the strength that God has provided. And that may mean just praying and saying, you know, God, 
you've asked me to do this particular thing. I'm willing to do it, but man, I need your strength because it's tough. There are obstacles. There are people getting in the way. There's discouragements. I need your strength. Help me and enable me to do what it is that you want me to do. In the same sentence, Peter says, the goal of serving others is ultimately that in all things, in all things, in whatever we do, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. He should get the credit. He should get the glory. He should get the honor. It shouldn't, the focus shouldn't be on myself, though I benefit from it. The focus shouldn't be simply on the other person, though they absolutely benefit from it. Ultimately, it ought to be on the one who gave us the gifts for the purpose of carrying out what he's trying to do in the lives of those around us. And the last sentence, it almost seems like this last sentence doesn't really fit with what, what Peter is talking about here. But if you realize what it is, it's, it's an exclamation of worship. To him, to God, be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Peter is so excited about what God is doing through himself and through other people, through the gifts that God has given. He's so excited about that that he says, man, we just got to praise God. We got to thank God. We got to give him the glory forever and ever. Amen. We need to give God the credit as the source of our gifts. We need to embrace his agenda for the use of our abilities, for what he's called us to do. And when we embrace the fact that all that we have and everything that we do revolves around around him, it revolves around God, that's when we're all in with our gifts. That's when we're all in with our talents. That's when we're all in with our abilities. And that's when we're going to see real change in the lives of the people around us and in our own lives as well. You know, for me, that was where the transformation occurred. When I was able to say, okay, God, I'm all in. I'm going to do what it is that you've asked me to do. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take the risk. You know, there's risk to going in. I'm going to take the risk. I've been able to reap the reward, and it's just great to see God working in my life and in the lives of those around me. You know, and what we're, what we're talking about this morning is not the solution to all of our problems. I can't tell you that if you go all in with God, you're suddenly going to have the perfect job. You probably won't. You know, all your troubles are going to melt away. No, they're not. You know, you're going to have complete fulfillment in everything that you do. Nope, that's not going to happen this side of heaven. But it is going to move us closer and closer to where God wants us to be and to what he's really got in store for us. We're living in a broken world. God's in the process of of restoring it, of fixing it, or to use a, a biblical term, of redeeming it. And he wants us to be part of that. And he gives us the opportunity. And that's why he's given us our gifts and our talents and our, and our abilities. God's saying, hey, use those things as part of my team to accomplish my purposes. And when you do, there's going to be great fulfillment. There's going to be great satisfaction. There's going to be great blessing both to you and to the people around you. Maybe it's helping people with, your, with their physical needs. Maybe it's helping them with their emotional needs, their spiritual needs, their relational needs. Whatever it may be, God wants to use us as his instruments in the lives of the people around us. And we can really make a difference. We can change the world at some level if we go all in with our gifts and our talents and our abilities. And and beyond that, we can be part of a community of people who are like-minded in that way. I mean, think about that. The opportunity 
to be part of a community of people who care enough about one another because they worship the same God, who care enough about one another that they want to build one another up. They want to help one another. They want to not tear each other down and not kick each other when we're down, but pick one another up. And that's the kind of community that God wants his church, whether it's Renaissance or or wherever it may be. That's the kind of community that he wants his followers to have. And that's the kind of community that can make an impact both in the area in which we live and sometimes even around the world. And it's a pretty amazing opportunity that God has given us to be that community. And that's why I decided to come to Renaissance. As I learned more and more from talking to Rich and others about what God was doing here, I said, you know what? I want to be part of that. I want to push my chips into the middle of the table and say, okay, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to take the risk. But in some sense, if God is is there, if God is working, is there really a risk? Or is the risk not doing what he's asked us to do and missing out on the blessings that, that he has for us? I'll leave that one for you to think about a little bit, chew on that a little bit. But the point is, if we go all in, if we trust God and say, okay, I'm going to do what it is that you asked me to do, there's incredible opportunity and incredible blessing and incredible reward. The band's going to come back up now, and Sophia is going to sing a song for us. It's called Jesus, Use Me, I'm Yours. It's, it's written by a guy named Jason Gray, great artist. And uh, as they're playing, as Sophia is singing, I want to encourage you to think of this song, don't just listen to the words, but realize that essentially they're a prayer. They're a prayer that the artist wrote. They're a prayer that Sophia is singing for us. They're a prayer to God saying, take me, use me for your purposes. I'm yours. I want to go all in. I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey, but if you're at the place where you're ready to go all in with God, this is a perfect prayer personalize it and make it your own. If you're not there yet, that's okay too because not all of us are there and at different times for different people and different opportunities for different folks. Just listen to the words. Think about it. Maybe pray about it a little bit. Ask God to reveal more of himself to you to help you to see that he's somebody you can trust who you can go all in with and, and, and not be concerned about the risk. Ask him to work in your heart. Uh, ask him to reveal more of who you are. Just ask him to, to, to do a work in your life as well. Father, I thank you that you're a God who loves us, who's given us your son, who's given us the opportunity to have a relationship with you. I thank you that you've given us gifts and talents and abilities as well that we can use to, to serve one another and to bring honor and glory to you. And I pray, Father, for each of us that you would help us to discover who you've made us to be, that you'd give us a desire to serve one another, to be a blessing to those around us and that you'd give us a desire to do it all for your honor and for your glory. Work in us, work through us to accomplish your purposes, to, to restore and, and fix up and redeem uh, this broken world. And I thank you that that's what you're doing and I thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.